1: This is Irish Illustrated Insider brought to you by Anderson, Augustino and & Keller, Attorneys at Law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino and & Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com.
2: Welcome to the latest Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. Pete Sanson, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, a couple days away from Notre Dame, USC. Saturday night, Notre Dame Stadium. There's a lot to break down here, but let's start, before we get into USC, talk a little bit more about Notre Dame. Greer Martini out, according to my source, this week, even though Brian Kelly described him as day-to-day, and let's just... I think, spin that forward without him. How does Notre Dame replace him? I wrote a little bit about that yesterday. I think there are some interesting options there. I don't know if any of them are
3: ideal, but um, they do have some options. Yeah, it's my number one question for Brian Kelly later today. They do have options. I mean, do you put Tranquil in the middle and trust Bilal at Rover? Do you... Trust Jameer Jones in a game like this, probably not. Uh, you, Pete, why don't you describe the scenario that you offered in terms of, of nickel defense and, and linebacker play? Yeah,
2: I mean, if I was Notre Dame and USC was throwing out three-wide personnel, which they probably will a bunch, I would just turn nickel into my base. Like, I would say, all right, we can't play Martini, let's play Sean Crawford instead. That's a productive football player. You stick Tranquil and Morgan out there in the middle. Uh, maybe you can work Coney in for Tranquil. When they go nickel, it's uh, the rover and the mic. It's not the will and the mic anymore, or the buck, I guess, as, as they call it now. But um, I think you got to sort of work Crawford into that rotation because really you're, you're figuring out how, how do we keep snaps at a reasonable level because asking Tavon Coney, I think, to play 74 snaps in a game this week and probably next week is not really the way to go. He would have to next
0: week, just personnel, but we'll get to that yeah. later. One interesting thing about the nickel as the base. Now, when it's third and seven, the nickel's easy. When it's second and ten, the nickel's easy. But nickel as the base, it makes me wonder if something we talked about in August with Todd Light. I actually had just, no one else at the table. There's a reason Julian Love trained at nickel as well, in case they had to go nickel as base, which would put Sean Crawford at field. Julian Love at nickel. That's an
3: interesting idea. Because
0: on first and ten, Sean Crawford could eventually be run over at some point. Yeah, R- that's... Overworked against, if they want to run out of a three-receiver set, it's not disallowed. You want to give the ball to Ronald Jones a lot. That puts Sean Crawford in a stressful position as a run support player. So, nickel, third and seven, second and ten, you have Julian Love at yeah. field corner. Nickel as your base, you might have Julian Love as the pseudo-extra linebacker. I,
3: I like that idea. That's my concern, Pete, with, with Crawford as the guy there, be, just because of what Ronald Jones can do. Ronald Jones gets stronger as the game goes on. Uh, but it's interesting. There's a lot of options. Does Blau cross-train back at the buck, which is his, his old position?
0: I feel like he struggles yeah, right I mean, now at the okay. Rover, so you he probably That's wouldn't. That's true. Yes. Um, I think, as you pointed out, Tim, Tranquil can has probably cross-trained for seven or eight days since his injury. If they had to do it, he would be a guy that could come in for Coney, because they probably trust Bilal more in rover situations and moving tranquil than they would yeah. the other way around.
3: Isn't it funny? I mean, USC has so many injuries, and this is yeah, like one. You know, this is like one injury, pres- presuming that the offensive guys for Notre Dame are back and healthy. This is the one individual, and it. You know, I think it's fairly significant because I I liked Martini. Uh, on the field against, you know, when Darnold scrambles and they like to throw underneath on, let's say it's first and second down, Martini would have been on the field. I like his matchup on the field in those on those downs.
0: I think it's significant as the game goes along when adjustments are made. I do think Notre Dame is going to roll with a starting base defense and, and just go play yeah. football to start it out, and then you adjust to what's going on. You just have to have the options we presented and obviously the options they have that we haven't talked about because they're the coaching staff. You have to have guys ready to roll for a situation. If you're doing what Pete said, you have to have Love, Crawford, maybe Bilal, and Coney ready to jump into yeah. that spot. Because if USC's going fast and all of a sudden it's second and five, yeah. you can. Yeah, that's that's where it comes into play. Which they,
2: they probably will go right. fast at some point. I, if, I guess if I was Notre Dame, I would find the solution from Guys that I trust yes. more than position fits. So Bilal would be the last one out. Is Bil- in that Bilal would not play a whole lot more this week than he has yeah, in right. the past, where it's like 15 snaps, maybe 20. Um, he, I, I think he's been a little bit lost at times, whereas Love, Crawford, Tranquil, Morgan, Coney, I think are all guys that you can trust, even if they're playing a little bit out of position. This injury, I believe, happened Thursday of last week. Um, so they've had a full week but
0: about the last practice day though too. Yeah. That way, yeah, so toward
2: yeah. the end yeah. of, of last week's practice, I believe he had a procedure on on Friday for a meniscus. Um so you've you've had some time to get ready for it, not a ton, but look, uh, if there's a team that's not going to give a crap about Notre Dame's one injury issue. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's UNC. Yes, exactly. Um you know, they're down their best pass rusher, their best defensive tackle is probable their second best tackle defensive tackle is out um their number two running back is out
3: those tackles out their best yeah offensive, that's what i'm saying yeah, their best Fatsy offensive
2: was, guard yeah they're so they're starting a true freshman at guard um both their tackles have missed time during the year uh it's um it's a pretty banged up group i mean i, I think it always helps when you think okay they're missing these two they're basically they're Top defensive end and their second defensive tackle. How differently would you feel about Nurem's chances if we said, Dalen Hayes is out and Jonathan Bonner is out and also Jerry Tillery is probable? (laughs) You probably wouldn't feel that
3: good in that situation. Which leads me to something I wanted to revisit with you, Pete, a couple weeks ago. I don't know when it was, but we were looking ahead to USC and you said you didn't like the the matchup for Notre Dame against USC. I'm just wondering where your thoughts are on that now uh, as it relates to, to these injuries that USC has.
2: I don't like the matchup any more than I did a month ago for Notre Dame's defense. I do think this is a team that Notre Dame could pound into submission with its offense, and I'm not sure that I really felt
3: that way a month ago. That's a, that's that's how I feel about yeah. it because when when I when I said I think I was uh, our, our my show, radio show with Phil Hawk last week that I liked the matchup. I was thinking in terms of you know physicality on the offensive and defensive line. I think Notre Dame has narrowed the gap there considerably. You still I you know I you still have to be concerned. I don't care if Ema Marshall has struggled or USC's given up a bunch of yards on the back end. You still have to be concerned with Brandon Wimbush and the Notre Dame Receiving Corps. Three weeks since Brandon Wimbush played, going against a secondary that has, or a defense that has 10 takeaways for by Jack Jones.
0: I like how USC can move. With Clancy Pendergast, I think if Brandon Peely, the backup nose tackle, can, as we talked about in the offseason, can hold the point, that's a big if. If he can hold the point, I like the movement they have behind him. However, it's much different if it's, Josh Fatu, and he is going to hold the point. So I think as long as Notre Dame sticks with the running game, and I know that sounds cliche to say sticks with the running game, but if you keep pounding it, I don't see how USC holds up for four quarters because you mentioned they've narrowed the gap physically. They have not narrowed narrowed the gap physically. But Notre Dame is more physical than USC. USC is still super quick up front with their front seven, and that is a problem when you have Brandon Wimbush if you don't recognize what you need to recognize in blitz protection and indecisiveness in the pocket, but if Notre Dame can run the ball on first and second down, it limits what Wimbush has to do. I don't want to see Notre Dame put the game on Wimbush's shoulders as they did against Georgia, where he no. was so involved. I don't. Know. No. I know no, he's, he's not no throwing way. forty times, but perish the thought. Yeah, I don't want. Him. I know he's not going to throw forty times like he did against Georgia. But if he's throwing thirty and they're running him sixteen, that's still putting too much into Brandon Wimbush's hands. I think you can avoid that and help Brandon Wimbush have a good game. By taking
2: the ball out of his hands. I would be floored. Absolutely floored if Notre Dame did that to Brandon Wimbush on Saturday. I think that is insane. Uh he needs to throw it 18 times and run at eleven. Like 30, 30 plays.
3: Thirty by plays him. is good. Yeah. 30, 32 plays. Figure out a way to be at that number or maybe a, a, a notch below. I agree, unless you give him, you know, some more of the stuff that you did. Against Michigan State, but no, your your number is good. I I think I think USC there's some vulnerability to Wimbush's scrambles because of the way their their defensive line. I I've, I think I said this Monday and I've written it a couple times. I, I when I look at USC's defensive line, especially with, with the injuries, they're in perpetual pass rush mode. The third and. Six still greatly favors them because of
0: their ability to come from all angles at Wimbush. That's why you have to be able to keep some third and fours. Notre Dame is Notre No, Dame is well, no doubt. so I mean, nobody, much this year in thirty seven. Nobody wants to be in, but they're they're exceptionally bad. It's five out of twenty three or something. And I love
3: you know I love Cameron Smith's game at linebacker. He's he is. he's really really good and he's been there for eight you, years now. You and Brian Kelly? Yes. yes, yes. Yeah. By the way, Brandon Wimbush total combined passing attempts
2: and rushings at Michigan State with twenty eight. Against Georgia was 56. Yeah, that was, holy cow!
0: And That's not even finding a happy medium. It's stopped no. It's cutting. In, it's cutting it in half from uh, yeah. from what you had in Georgia. That it was. That was a strange game plan. But it's over.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Our> <laughs> I, you know, it's. A, I am curious about Notre Dame's receivers against USC secondary because when I talked to Ryan Abraham over at USC football this week, I, I said like, you know, the vibe seems to be like that secondary is struggling a little bit, and he's like. I think they're actually fine. I, I think it sort of went back to O'Malley' your thing about the 50 balls. Like, eh,
1: you're not gonna think, win, you're not gonna win ninety percent of the 50-50 some of the 50 yardage balls.
3: they've given up. I mean, you're you're surprised to see that they're ninety first yeah. in the com- country in yardage allowed. I'm really surprised to see an Iman Marshall who is doubting his ability because Pete, as you and I oh, saw God. in Soldier Field when he was had just finished his sophomore year of high school. So he was going into his junior year playing against a bunch of five-star guys that were going into their senior year. He was arguably the, the most impressive player on the field that day in Soldier Field. Yeah, he was, he was really good. Uh, and a huge personality, too. Yeah.
0: And Jack Jones is the playmaking corner on yeah. the other side. Who The wins. other five-star corner. Yeah, yeah and he, I like his game, too. You know what, Pete, I want to go back to what you said on Monday where we were saying we don't have confidence in of saint Brown to have a big game, because he hasn't shown it in big moments. But you said, I wouldn't be shocked if a California kid has a great game in this spot. He has to approach what you said in that 6 yards I think he yards, a touchdown Well, that's, if he does that, I think everyone should be confident in Notre Dame's offense, because you can get that from St. Brown with other things that are coming along. That would be a key for me.
2: Yeah, I think one part about USC's defense that's worth... I, I rarely look at passes defended as a stat. They're third nationally with 48. Um, and basically that means you got your hand on the ball. Yeah, That's a lot of getting your hand on the you ball. Know, no doubt.
0: You know, Nuoso has eight as a strong yeah. side linebacker in seven games. That's pretty right. impressive. I think he had like four or five against Stanford, though, which is, you know, Stanford's a good team, so that's yeah. actually a really good job. Which it's...
2: sort of goes back to limiting the action plays of Brandon Wimbush, uh, particularly in the passing game, because you're probably not going to get a lot of passes defended on short stuff. You shouldn't. Um, If you do on passes that are 25 yards down the field, that's fine. That's what happens uh, on those kind of passes. But it definitely leads me to think, don't throw over the middle. Don't throw intermediate unless you absolutely have to or it's wide open. Um, It seems like... It would be a Brandon Wimbush weakness throwing into a USC strength defensively. So just stay away from yeah.
0: it. We're back to the third and long thing. Notre Dame has completed, um, including a pass interference drawn against Georgia, two passes in the 23 third and long situations they've had. Now they haven't thrown every time, obviously, but they have completed two passes to move the chains. One was pass interference, and one was a 21 yard pass to Durham Smythe. <laughs> that is really struggling. In third and long. Now, yeah. now, Brandon Wimbush has also unleashed four huge runs in third and long to move the chain. So that that is something that you don't get from a quarterback not named Wimbush with his ability to move. But you can't drop back and have these guys and everybody else coming off the edges and expect him to stand there
3: and deliver yeah. more than once. And, and, look, Nordame has to run a the football. They know it. USC knows it. Everybody in the world knows that they have to do it. They've been in this situation already this year. Probably not against a team as good as USC, but it's just you know. I, I, thank goodness Chip Long is here because you, you because now you I, the the Georgia game notwithstanding, now you have the confidence that they are going to stick with the running game. They they have to. You know, as much as I talk
0: about protecting Wimbush or I think about it, he's got to run the ball ten times in this game. Yeah. He's got to because he's going to have to scramble and make some plays too. It's just. When you're scrambling to making plays and not going to get the first down, you can get down, and that's not the type of run that takes its toll yeah. on you. And I don't know about QB power with Wimbush very often either, but he's going to have to make some plays yeah. with his
3: feet. I think this is a, I think this is a heavy field goal game. Chase McGrath has come on and done a really nice job uh, for USC, and he was, I mean, uh, this summer before Burmeister was removed from the equation, he was McGrath was third. He's a, he's a walk on freshman. He's done a really good job. And we know Justin Yoon is capable. So I see a combined um, five to five
0: or six field goals in this game. Did you know the over under has gone up six points this week?
3: Yeah, because you originally said 60.
0: It is now open at 58. It is now 65. Wow. So everyone is thinking higher scoring at 65. That would surprise me if it, I would surprise me a little. If it goes over 65, but I guess 34-31 is well, not Well, So the question, does it
3: become so. the kind of game it was two years ago in Notre Dame Stadium? That, I mean, I that's, that's what that, that line point. is the saying. 41,
0: I don't think it gets to that point, the 41-31 type game. That seems a little. Yeah, that's will, what they beat USC by a couple years ago. Will Fuller's not on yeah, the field. Yeah, that seems much. I think Notre Dame's defense and USC will make some plays against Wimbush. Yeah. That keeps it There's a there. reason
3: why it went up, what, seven There's or eight a, points. Yeah, That's, that's a, huge. That's trying giant leap. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? You guys ready to make a prediction? It won't prediction? be like
0: 2013, 14, 10. No. no, I don't think we will see that. If we do, then this defense—oh really that was for real—that was
3: that was agonizing. It was difficult boring. to watch. It was, it was bad to watch. There's holding <laughs> not,
0: on for dear life. Not a statement win. Um,
2: <laughs> I, you know, you mentioned the over/under. I'm actually going over on this one. Uh, I have Notre Dame, and I think on previous podcasts I said that I will not pick Notre Dame to win a One score game oh. until I see them win a one score game, I am reversing my position and picking them to win a one score <laughs> game. Your, it's your right. Um, so yeah, I'm, it's I'm on this podcast. Um, so I'm going Notre Dame 35, USC 33. I think that it's going to be a wildly entertaining game. I think USC is just a little too banged up. I think Notre Dame's bye week is important for health reasons. Also, Brian Kelly's 19 and two coming off an off week, eight and one at Notre Dame in that situation. And I, I don't expect a offensive performance like Georgia, in part because USC does not have Trenton Thompson. Um, they're, they're, they're not the front seven that Georgia was. And I think the differences there will be more than enough for Notre Dame to control the game on the ground. I am curious to see Notre Dame play under game pressure, like play behind. It did sort of a quick calculation. I, I had them... They've trailed for 30 minutes and 34 seconds this year in six games, which is not a lot. Um, and a bunch of that was at Boston College, which shouldn't even really count. Um, so I I am fascinated to see how Notre Dame handles a tight game in the fourth quarter. Because on in that intangible, USC, I think, has a huge advantage because they've played in a bunch of tight games and won a bunch of tight games. They're more used to that spot than Notre Dame is. But I, I still just feel like somehow Notre Dame is going to pull this one out, um, and it will be a close game. So I got Notre Dame 35, USC 33. It's interesting you say that because I just quickly looked
0: back. I couldn't remember. Back in May, in the 20 prediction series for the Musings, USC at Notre Dame will rank as the highest scoring contest of the season. So here we go. I mentioned that this would be... You got to stick with that. And the highest scoring contest is something along the lines of what Pete said. The team that loses with the most points is highest scoring. So right. sixty nine to nothing is not higher scoring than thirty five to thirty three. Right. That's so I, I, I'm in line with Pete in that they will win a one score game. I, I actually think I want to go back to something you said though. The game pressure. You mean Notre Dame's offense, right? Because I like Notre Dame's defense in game pressure situations. I think they'll respond oh, yeah. like they did against Georgia. It's you just mean Brandon Wimbush with the ball down ten. If, if something, mm. you know, you can get down ten nothing pretty easily in a game, where you get it down twenty to ten with a turnover. But I like the defense in that situation. I think. Yeah, I talked about how I don't think it's going to go over. My score is about to put it almost over, but uh, I'm in the 34-27 range. I do think that Notre Dame has learned to play with this team. I think Brian Kelly is leaving it to Chip Long, and they 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 had one big bad game plan, and they've learned from it. I don't think they're going to have that bad game plan again. I don't think you're going to see a Georgia game plan. They will, unless there are some unfortunate. Unless there's an unfortunately bad game by Wimbush, who's coming off an injury and just has happy feet. And his incompletions, instead of hitting the ground, hit Biggie Marshall in the hands. I think that Notre Dame is the better team. So I think they can outlast USC in a really good game in the 34-28 range, 34-27, which would make for a tense moment. And perhaps the defense being the one to win in the final minutes of the game, like we were posed on a yeah. earlier question Monday. I, You know,
3: I, I agree it won't be the same kind of game plan because now they know who they are. And in, at, against Georgia, I think they were hoping... Yeah. That they like were we the were, kind, like, yeah, like, that they were the kind of team with Brandon Wimbush that they could throw it that much. So they know who they are. Pete, I agree with you. I, I think I mentioned in my Thursday thoughts that um, you know USC's more battle tested. They've they've had to they've had to go to the well for the last five weeks. Um, but I also think that there's a limit with a football team, especially a football team that's as banged up as they are. Now they have to go across the country again. They had to battle their butts off to to beat Utah and had and they, they did a tremendous job in the fourth quarter. They physically took over, but I think there's a limit, and I think this game is is a limit. I'm a little bit lower scoring than uh, than you are, Pete, um, but just as tight as as what you said. For our new uh, people from twenty four seven. I put out the preview on Friday and generally make my prediction on Friday.
0: And it's interesting because I have 34-27, but I think Notre Dame's defense is going to be the best unit in this game, and I'm still having 27 points scored. That's how much respect I have kind of for what USC can bring offensively with their speed. And remember, points don't get scored just because your quarterback and running back play well. There's Turnovers created by the defense usually sets up points in these type of games. Sam
3: Sam Darnold struggled. There's no doubt. His accuracy is all over the place. You've got to keep him in the pocket, that's where he will be inaccurate. When he gets outside of the pocket, starts running around, as the receivers start ad-libbing, that's where they're dangerous. So not only a strong pass rush, but keep him in the pocket. But you have to defend Sam Darnold for 60 minutes. Kind of like you did, not putting him on the same level, but kind of like you did Matt Leinert. You've got to defend him for 60 minutes. On the
0: spot, what's your best unit
3: for this game? Is
0: the
2: USC defense offense Notre Dame offense defense? Just um, kind of picking one. I think that Notre Dame's offense is based primarily on the line, but I think number two is USC's offense. Like, I, I think this is the game where <laughs> where it's not. You, you're, you're no, you're <laughs> going to look at Notre Dame's defense and be like, right? They aren't going to hold everyone to twenty points all year. Like I think this is a game where Notre Dame is going to be exposed a little bit athletically on defense. Not that they're bad, not that they're terrible. I'm not saying this is going back to last year here. But Notre Dame, we're going to see some of the things that we had concerns about all summer from a personnel perspective. And I think particularly that's going to show at safety. I would I would be surprised if USC didn't have one touchdown of at least 50 yards in this game. I think they, they have a bunch of athletes. A lot of that goes back to what Priester was saying about Sam Darnold outside the pocket, what happens when things break down. I have much more confidence in Darnold finding Deontay Burnett or Tyler Vaughns for a 60-yard touchdown than I do Nick Coleman and Jalen Elliott making sure that doesn't yep. happen. Tyler Vaughns is definitely coming on for them. Uh, yeah, another five-star prospect yes. that's yes. just running around there. Um, <laughs> all right, well, that's it for segment one. we got a bunch of questions from our readers next on Irish Illustrated Insider.
1: Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by... Anderson, Augustino and Keller attorneys at law with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com.
0: Welcome back to segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider, burning up the boards. Our first one comes from Irish style. I think it's a foregone conclusion that for the Irish to be a true title contender, Wimbush needs to progress as a passer. But that said, can Notre Dame pull a win out without any real evidence of progression from that area for Wimbush? Let's kind of focus on this week. How comfortable can we feel about him winning the game if he doesn't progress as a passer?
2: How comfortable can I feel, do I feel about Notre Dame, Notre, Notre Dame winning the game? Yeah. Uh, not comfortable at all. I mean it's I don't see how Notre Dame will win on Saturday night without him making a play in the passing game.
3: Or probably does three, include, three or four. That includes scrambles. Uh no, it does not include okay. scrambles. But you're you you only have him throwing eighteen times, so he's got a limited number of opportunities to do that. Right. I mean got he's,
2: he's gotta have a Michigan State type game. Yeah. Um, you know, Michigan State he had two passes of note. He hit St. Brown for the, the bomb to start. I mean, I, I think at this point we know Notre Dame's offense well enough to know they're going to take a deep shot on the first series. And then uh, he hit Claypool on the sideline. So he has got to, he's, He needs to hit at least two of those. I don't think he needs to hit two of two, but two of six. Uh, yeah, some, Something to make USC think, they might throw it over my head. Yeah. That, that I, just has to be on the game.
3: I, I don't like setting, like, Numerical limits on they have to rush for this amount, but 200 being a nice round figure is I, something that I think Nordame has to hit. Now USC's only allowed more than 200 yards rushing in a game once, and that was the opener against Western Michigan. I don't know how that happened exactly, but yeah. apathy. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, don't I don't know, I don't know how you could, yeah, perhaps yeah. that was. I don't know. about after globe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Western Michigan's rebuilding, yeah. uh, but. I don't know how you can expect Brandon Wimbush to be really effective in the passing game unless the running game affords him that opportunity. I don't think he'll be really
0: effective in the passing game in the pocket in terms of converting when they need it with his arm and standing in there and finding someone. But like Pete said, if you hit two, one of 30 yards, one of 40 yards, it opens things up. And then he just has to be...
3: He has to be accurate
0: in the short game, which he hasn't been. If he well, can be more yeah, accurate in the short game, and you know, a whiteout
3: breaks a tackle, right. or you that's know, what like accuracy once in the a, short game. Right,
0: let them be athletes. Um, one thing to look for, and I'm going to bring this up in our in our video previews. Uh, Claypool has been targeted 15 times in the last four games, which is as opposed to one in the first two games. Ten of them on first down. They like to go to chase Claypool to start a drive, and I think it's because they are bringing him in with the mindset of you're getting the ball.
3: I think, you know, the the bunch of formations they used against Michigan State, that would be, especially early in the game, I think that would be a good route to go once again. You've got lead blockers. Uh, you, you put the onus on their their DBs to, to take on a block. Norah Names wide receivers have blocked pretty well, especially the bigger ones, and they're the ones mainly on the field now. Uh, we haven't mentioned Kevin Stefferson. I, maybe we did early in the week. And you know, We have a question on that, but you know certainly he's going to be more involved this week. I think, you know, sort of getting back to something we talked about in segment one, about just sort of the, the the plays by Wimbush,
2: Temple, Miami, Ohio, and Michigan State, he was all under 30, just barely, like 29, 28, 29. But you think of the games where Notre Dame actually had game pressure on them, Georgia 56, but even Boston College was 45, um, and the – the fact that Notre Dame was trailing in the third quarter at Boston College at the end of the year will be like that didn't happen, um, but they that was a real game where they had to throw punches and take punches. So you know it's what? I feel like Wimbush is he's going to end up around forty uh, on Saturday night. He probably and
0: has to. So we're just trying to we're trying to create the perfect game for Notre Dame and yeah. Brian Kelly, and we can't. It's it's USC also. They're gonna. You probably can't. You can't necessarily win without Wimbush making plays. I just think you could limit him having to do as much as he's done in some of these games yeah programs.
2: it's a I mean I'm from everything I can gather talking to people around the program I'm not talking about press conferences I'm yeah. talking to like people around the program the thought is Wimbush is healthy um that that'll be good to go on Saturday so it's if that's the case then he can have a good game I you know we asked Brian Kelly and I asked Wimbush a little bit about this yesterday just about like Okay, you had two weeks to sort of prepare, sit back, think about what's going on. And I I didn't really get a sense of like, okay, this is as sharp as I'm ever going to be. Um, but Wimbush said he at least got something out of it. Um, maybe not watching the North Carolina game, but having a chance to sort of do a little bit of self-scouting yeah. at the same time.
3: So. You know, one of my concerns about Wimbush is this is such an important segment of his career Every game is so important, and because of the injury and not playing for three weeks, his development in this process has been stunted, and it's that's that's really important at this formative time of his development as a quarterback. That's why I don't
0: think he will have success
3: as a regular passing quarterback
0: in this game, other than, as Pete pointed out, deep shots, and that's plenty of success. A couple deep shots is all you need sometimes with this running game.
2: All right. Asbury-Irish, a similar question. So far, Notre Dame's running game has carried the Irish, but at some point, Brandon Womish will need to pass the Irish to victory. Do you think he's up for that test this weekend?
0: Not pass the Irish to victory, but he can lead them to victory. I mean, if he protects the football... Look, he's had three fumbles in against, what, three competitive teams, right? If you want to look at it that way, there's BC, Michigan State, and Georgia. Um he's got to protect the football he can't fumble when he's running the ball and he we you can deal with one interception as long as it's not in plus territory but or excuse me in minus territory is he going to complete
3: 17 passes in this game no i don't think so do you cuz i don't think he's accurate I don't, short i don't but i think so, usc i think anyone that follows usc that by some chance would be listening to this is saying Wimbush has to protect the football. Darnold's got to protect sure, the football. Sure, he does, but he can pass you to victory. He by can. He a mistake. has nine he interceptions, but last week he had he was credited with three fumbles. One was a, a backwards throw to Ronald Jones that he should have caught, but he caught. He had he had two fumbles lost last week, so they're saying you're right. Yeah. He can pass them to victory despite turnovers.
0: Right. Wimbush can run them to victory though. Wimbush can make plays with his legs against USC. He does not. He is not facing Georgia's linebackers. They like, I like USC's linebackers in front seven. We were just talking about this off the air. It is not the same thing. Pete, no, you, you, nothing you, is the same thing. <laughs> 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 nothing ever could be. Right? Yeah. Just, I,
2: I think I tweeted this out. There was somebody dug up a clip of Greg McElroy for the summer analyzing That's, Georgia. Yeah, what was he and, talking and, and about? Saying like their linebackers weren't good enough for them to take the next step defensively. What? What are you talking
0: about? actually the worst take of the college football season. When did he... That's in July. It was in July. SEC
3: media days when he also said Georgia was going to beat Notre That was funny because when I looked at Georgia's linebackers in the summer...
0: It's just a weird I, comment. They're number one rated by everybody. It's for you to think that they're the weakness. He basically How, could, said you, they're how
3: could you watch film of them and not think that they were really, 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 really good? I don't like Notre Dame's offensive line because yeah. that left guard is real questionable that's to exact,
0: me. That's the exact type of answer that is. All right,
3: JPF 505. Bigger second half of the season on offense. Elize Mack or Kevin Stefferson? Oh, that's a good one. Um, Can we say tie? I say no. Mac. You can't. I say no.
0: <laughs> I say Mac by knockout. Really? Yeah. Wow.
3: No, I Just say defend Mac. that position.
0: Uh, he's coming out of the passing game. He's playing. He's playing. <laughs> they target. They, they target him on short in short yeah. yard situations. Wimbush throws balls seven yards in the air to a flat in Mac that cannot be intercepted. <laughs> it works out well for them. I think Alize Mac is the important cog in Brandon Wimbush's development in the next six games. And defenses like USC and NC State and Miami, you are going to have to use Alizé Mack as your matchup problem, not Stefferson.
2: Mm, I'm go, I'm going to go Stefferson because... By technical I, I, knockout, right? I, yes. <laughs> I think at the end of the year when we're doing our bowl preview podcast, or you know, one of the eight podcasts we do in December, um, you're going to remember four or five Kevin Stefferson catches this year, and I'm not sure you'll remember a single one from Alexander Mack. Not that they're not important. Right. A three-yard reception on fourth and two is really damn important, but I do think Stefferson is going to have um, three, four, five, 40-yard type plays in him over
3: the second half of the season, and those those will be... Very, very important. i go with Mac just because he's established right now. And, you know, I, I hear both sides of your argument. I have a question for you guys. Does, let's say Stefferson's back in the starting lineup, and I talked about this on Monday, having Stefferson and St. Brown and Claypool and, you know, those kind of people on the field. Does Claypool move inside and Stefferson move outside? Where, uh, where Stefferson is at his best, but Claypool has established himself on the outside in recent weeks? I guess I just wouldn't play them at the same time. Okay. I, I mean, that's, that's fair. And yeah. I, you know, I didn't include Durham Smythe, and Durham Smythe has to be on the field for them. There's no doubt about that. Because, I mean, in that scenario, it is a
2: Alize Mack or Kevin Sepperson question. Because if one of them's the slot receiver, then Mac is out. And Mac Mac has been the starting slot receiver yes. this year based on snaps played and how they're using them.
3: I'm just... Especially now that they've had this extra week to prepare. Yeah. I'm just... I'm very curious to see how Kevin Stefferson is utilized. Me too. I, I mean, that's, the, I, I don't know. That, I mean, utilize. not just playing,
2: but how he's utilized. Yeah, that deep shot, that right. They're going to take on right. the first series. It's probably going to go to him. Um, <laughs> and he's fast he enough did. to go get it. So I'm really curious to see what happens there. Wash ND, which stat would be more indicative of a Notre Dame win on Saturday? Notre Dame holding USC under 300 yards passing or Notre Dame rushing for more than 200 yards,
0: rushing for 200 yards. Cause 300 yards passing can be cosmetic. Um, Especially if we get to the game score where it's going over sixty-five, they're gonna, you know, that's now if USC has two hundred yards rushing, that's the
3: worst case scenario. Yeah, <laughs> Rakes, yeah, by far, definitely. And, they, and yeah, then Darnold doesn't need to throw for three hundred. Right. I so, say Sam Darnold. I don't want to say definitely, but Sam Darnold is going to throw for three hundred yards this game because they, they, yards can be cosmetic too. They're not. Win, lose, great right game back. Or, no, or they could be really productive. Sure they can be, but I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty you. easy. No, it's I got pretty easy. I think the 200-yard rushing mark is much, much more, much more important for Notre Dame to win this game. I think if USC
0: loses to Notre Dame, Darnold can throw for 300 yards because he had to. And I think if they beat Notre Dame, he
3: threw for 300 yards and they beat I think because of it. I, other than USC's running game running yes. wild, I think Darnold throws for 300 yards, win or lose.
0: Yeah, that's why it's not
2: as big of a telltale.
0: Right. Notre Dame running for two. If Notre Dame runs for over two hundred yards and loses, I would be disappointed.
3: I, I would say
2: that holding Sam Darnold under three hundred yards passing would be a negative. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's because the running because the game, game play, would be. Yeah, that's a bad, good point. I mean, it's that's like a good point. So far this year, they've only allowed
3: one three hundred yard passer. It was Lawrycki, and half of that was yeah, that was fifty. That's passes. cosmetic. Yeah. That is cosmetic. I uh, like though. Good, good question from yeah. Washington D. Though.
0: Dashing Domer, does Indy need to win the turnover margin to win? Can it be a wash? Uh,
2: they don't need to, but it would help. Uh, I mean, it's it's. I you, O'Malley, you referenced this a little early in the segment. I guess it's it's not so much the turnovers, like where and when the turnovers happen. Yes. yes. Um, and I I disagree with you. If like a turnover in the red zone going in is almost just as bad as a turnover. At the, in minus territory on your own end, because you, instead of gifting points, you're taking points off the board for yourself. Yeah, so but the,
3: but in minus territory, it's a, a four. They, might not, they a for,
0: might not score. They might not score if they intercepted right, it in your end zone, right. or especially your five yard line is the way I look at it. I know what They're you're saying. Both bad. It's both bad. You're, you're saying that Notre Dame shouldn't turn the ball over a lot in this game, and not in really bad areas. If you want to lose a
3: fumble, <laughs> do it at the forty-five yard I, line. Exactly. I don't even care which forty-five you're at. I think Notre Dame, I think they probably do have to win the turnover margin. You think they have to game. win? I, I, you know, I'm not saying it's essential to win, but I, it, it's one of the best damn indicators it there is. is in football. And since since Dame's a plus seven and USC is is even and has turned it over 16 times, although USC has still gone they six 16. and one. Yeah, yeah. they've forced 16.
0: Well, Notre I think, 21 and three now when they win the turnover battle, and the losses, two losses were last year. Yeah. Because they just, couldn't, they couldn't we, win anyway. We get we, um, I, so no winning it. We'll do it. We try to
3: make definitive statements with with fixed stats, and I th- it's just it's well twenty one three is that. a pretty good stat. Well, We're in the turnover battle. Yeah, two
0: of your losses are for a team that couldn't beat anybody anyway last year. They could have just gone out and done everything right and lost. But a game you don't last think
3: last they necessarily? You don't think they have to win that? To win I think if three-
0: they turn it over once and USC turns it over once, they're fine. Yeah, yeah. So a wash is can it be a wash. It can be a wash. Sure. This question, I think, comes from the old days. What do we have to do to beat Matt Liner? That's not the situation. This is oh. just go play. Yeah. You know, I think they can just... Now, if they win by two, the turnover battle, will they win? Sure. But I don't think a wash is a problem, necessarily.
3: Statman72, will Notre Dame slow the tempo offensively to try to keep Sam Darnold off the field? Or speed up the tempo to try to wear out the somewhat thin USC defense. That's an interesting question. I think it is. Um, I think
2: it'll it'll be a mix because that's what it's been all year. I mean, they've they've come out and done tempo. You know, after a big chunk play, they'll come out and sprint to the line of scrimmage and hope that that has accumulating effect. I, I think that as much as the tempo can wear it out a defense, I think just getting punched in the throat by Quentin Nelson will wear you down. Um, and Mike McClinchy and Bars and Mustafa and those guys. So it's, I, I think if you're going to wear down USC's defense, it's more with play calling and the physicality of your offensive line than how quickly you called those plays. Um, in terms of keeping Darnold off the field, I don't think that Notre Dame's going to show him quite that much respect in the way that maybe they did with like Jameis Winston at mm-hmm. Florida State a few years back. Darnold's very good, don't get me wrong, but I just, I don't think the game plan's going to go there. No, I don't think the goal
0: is... I mean, it's always good not to have a good offense on the field against you, of course, but that's basic. I think they selectively run, as they say in basketball. That's what the tempo is. After a big chunk play, they're going to run. After a turnover, they like to come out with some tempo. They will come out with tempo, I think, to start the game. Uh, but I don't, As they usually do. Yeah, but I don't think it's a... Look, they just don't run tempo when it's second and ten. Unless it's, unless it's set for that drive, you know? If... Mm-hmm. You come out and get stuffed. You don't. Notre Dame doesn't jump back up to the line that often. Yeah, a lot depends.
3: A lot depends on the score. I mean, if Notre Dame's up seven, ten points in the in second the, half, they're going to want to try to maintain the football. That the time of possession that specifically concerns me with Darnold is the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, that's, that's you know. I mean, that, that
3: you know, ten minutes of possession yeah. in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, again, depending upon the score, I think that that podes really well for Notre Dame. Final question comes
0: from Tim O'Malley, ND. Give me a. Uh, give me, it's not me necessarily. Give me uh, one through four here. Notre Dame wins a tight game. USC wins a tight game. Notre Dame wins a game they control. USC wins a game they control. I don't see a blowout. Obviously, you know, for no one's going to kill each other. I don't, I don't think that would be a surprise, right?
3: Yeah. Pete, you want to go first? What are my options <laughs> they, they, weren't, they weren't ready for this one. Tight, tight,
2: one-sided, one-sided. Yeah,
0: ND tight, USC tight, ND two two scores, whatever they control it. USC. Um,
2: so I picked Notre Dame tight, but I actually think that was the third most likely outcome. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think Notre Dame. Well, this is new math. I'll yeah, I know. Uh, Notre Dame double digits. I think in some ways is my most likely. Uh, USC tight would be second. Notre Dame tight would be third. USC one-sided would be fourth
3: about you, I, I'm going to take the more conservative route there, although I think I think Pete might be on something there with you know, Notre Dame one-sided. But I'd go, you know, I'm conventional. One, Notre Dame tight. Two, USC tight. Three, Notre Dame one-sided. Four, USC one-sided. I think
0: I'm closer to Pete, but I am going to go ND kind of controls it. It's, it ends up being tight, but they control the game, so that's my number one. ND tight is two. USC tight is three, and USC controlling it is four. And if, none of them are impossible, though. I, I don't think it's impossible that USC comes in here, and even though it's my fourth and a distant fourth, uh, I'm not going to be stunned if all of a sudden we walk away and say, wow, USC came in 135-24. Oh, man. You know, I don't think so, but I'm, I, that's my fourth. But I'm not going to be absolutely shocked.
2: I guess, like, so 35-24 is controlling be... it. controlling they, they okay. it. That
0: makes them the better team, right? It's just...
2: I guess it depends on how the game
0: yeah, plays out. Yeah, of course, but, you know, you go away from that game and you don't have a chance to win with six minutes left? I don't think that's going to happen in Notre Dame.
3: It could be an 11-point game and it was tight. That's possible, too. That is also they're possible. Just, yeah. They're just...
0: I guess they lost by 13 or 14 Ohio State and it wasn't tight. If you want to go by point totals, you would look at it that way. You know, that, that was controlled by Ohio State because they led 28-7.
3: We're almost done speculating about Notre Dame-USC. We have uh, before the the game Saturday night, and then after that, uh, finally we can get to it. All right, well, that's it for this week's Irish Illustrated Insider brought to you by irishillustrated.com.
2: We will talk to you next from Notre Dame Stadium with our pregame instant analysis, postgame instant analysis, to follow, columns, all sorts of good stuff. Uh, Preacher's preview tomorrow, Tim O'Malley's and what to watch, uh, a bunch more content coming this week, staff picks on irishillustrated.com. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of Irish Illustrated Insider.